Hey, hiya, howdy, salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast. This is the show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex-positive comic, co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. I'm Emily. And I'm Karamia. So go grab your salty snacks and a fizzy drink of your choice. Sit back and be entertained. We fully endorse this show to assist you, listener, as a procrastinator. This show also contains alcohol, some colorful language, and sexual content, and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. Okay, go. Hi, I'm Kara Mia. I am a stay-at-home mother, and now that we have officially done like 15, 14, 15 episodes, I am a podcaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is episode 14, but mm-hmm. I think we have recorded. This is going to be the 15th one we record. Mm-hmm. We record them out of order. Oh my gosh, that's a really exciting. I know. I feel like I'm we should cheers official. for that. Cheers. I feel like we should cheers. I'll cheers. Clink. Clink. <laughs> I'm drinking out of a plastic wine glass. And who are you? I'm Emily, and I'm really happy right now because I'm. I just told you this, but I'm really excited. Um, Oh yeah, I'm eating pasta. I just went to Trader Joe's. It's finally raining outside. We're recording this at the beginning of September, and Colorado is having some weird weather. It's like really cold today, but it was 100 degrees yesterday. I've got my chai iced chai my wine and then my trader joe's cat pasta, <laughs> and i'm wearing a sweater <laughs> she's literally glowing guys while i'm over here like just feeling like blah emily looks like she's like glowing in all her fall beauty because <laughs> i put on a uh, highlighter today because i had to go to class. yeah i had to go to class oh um i'm a well, I guess I'm not really a stay-at-home dog mom anymore because no, I you're not. I have a part-time job and I go to school and I am still a dog mom. I'm a cat and mom. And you do this. And I do this and I'm a podcaster. See, you've got so much. I I am so multifaceted. Right? Um, oh, I, I have a like plug before we get started. Oh, please, please. Um, okay, so this is September. What day? It's September 8th. Um, but this episode is going to come out... I think at the end of October, mm-hmm. right? So I just wanted to tell everyone to go vote. Um, that's not even a plug. That's like a necessity. That's a go necessity. Vote. Go that's, vote. Please go vote. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. We're going to be dropping ours off the ballot instead of mailing it in. If you're worried about that, I also think it's a little bit safer just so that you know, you make sure. Yeah, like, I actually, I've been, I've been doing all my ballots I've been doing drop off and there is so many ballots, especially like in Washington, there's so many ballot centers and they're all manned and Mm -hmm. it's so nice and convenient because the ballots are sent to you. And also like, if you're like me who has a partner that may be a little bit lazy about voting, you just sit there with them, you put it in their hand and you say, do this Uh, (laughs) and I'll drop it off for you. (laughs) Yeah. That's my partner as well. I, we actually got together on election night four years ago. Um, so this is going to be our four-year anniversary, this election. <laughs> this sounds like a very anxiety-causing anniversary. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we always celebrate our anniversary, like, 
not we can't sell it on the day of right because like we went out to dinner and like on our first anniversary we went out to dinner and we were like talking to one of our friends who was the server and he was like oh it's your anniversary we're like yeah it's actually tomorrow and he was like oh well i see why you're celebrating today because everyone's gonna be in mourning tomorrow and i was like <laughs> yeah basically so <laughs> so anyway yes go vote go vote please go vote all of please. our lives depend on it and like you know it, this yeah all of our lives our public services our state and national parks people's social liberties our children's education our vaginas especially our vaginas yeah our vaginas are are counting on you (laughs) i was like let me see if i can do a like a segue in from vagina into my topic today you can (laughs) i'm trying to think of one um uh i don't know I can't even think of it. Okay, speaking of vaginas, we're going to be talking about people with vaginas and some people all without we vaginas. About. Some people all we talk vaginas. about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've talked about anyone without a vagina yet, but we will yeah, because we've we done will. Some. Yeah, we've done some, and honestly, there's some today, but they're not like we don't want these people to have vaginas. They're not very good people. Okay, well, today, so Emily, buckle in. I can't. Sorry. Just, okay, just, keep your, just keep eating your pasta. Today, <laughs> we are doing the second installment of Not a Harlot. And this is to end our, this is the ending, right, Emily, of our spooky harlots? No, we, uh, we have one more episode. Okay, so this is the fifth installment of Spooky Harlots. <laughs> Emily? Wait. Spooky Harlots. You're starting to sound like an opera singer when you do that. (laughs) And so, yeah, so this is not a harlot. This is modern witchcraft and Wicca in the U.S. with a little part on Lori Cabot. Yay. I'm so excited for this, especially because we're recording it and it feels like fall. Right. And we've been doing so many like little tidbits and we've been referencing witchcraft a lot lately. And I feel like. I do. I didn't. I do now. I feel like I have somewhat of a grasp on it, but I feel like I didn't have a really big grasp on what witchcraft was. And I feel like I combined witchcraft and Wicca a lot. And I mean, they they do obviously have a lot of overlap in material, but I just felt like I needed to go into it and explore it and help explain it to myself and, of course, to you and everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like I obviously like love witches and Wicca. I'm very interested in, but I I don't think I really knew the difference. So through my studies, I have started to pursue some studies in witchcraft in the sense that not so much spells and incantations, but like just it's just such a beautiful natural purposeful way of life. And so I've started to kind of take my own journey. And that was because of this study, like these studies, which is just even cooler. So if this ends up becoming something that I really want to do with my life, um, I just feel like it's so cool that it stemmed from this podcast and just from being like, I want to know more about this. So I didn't realize that's what it had like stemmed from, but that's yeah, And I'm all on board for that. I'm like, I'm all about it. Right? Okay, so let's get going. So in the Old Testament, Exodus 22, 18 reads, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Okay, well, this was the first time I read the Bible in years. 
And I probably will not read it again for a really long time. And this verse is widely responsible for the burning of witches in Europe and in the U.S., not to mention in Africa and in Asia. I just, I can't, we will explore those at a later date. Those countries and continents are a whole episode in themselves, and they're also a lot more complicated because I have to really know the culture and also just to, to give it the respect it deserves before condemning it for, you yeah. know, for the way that they've portrayed or treated witches or accused witches. And I just, I, it's really hard for me to delve into those countries and continents right now. My studies are starting. I just want to do it justice. Yeah, no. And I think like when, you know, we really try to be open and we're like really against othering and we talk about that a lot in our podcast. So we want to make sure that if we are, you know, representing another culture that we are not doing that as well. Yeah. Back to that phrase. Um, I suppose no one else thought it was a coincidence that this phrase is found in the King's James version of the Bible. The very King's James I of England, sixth of Scotland, who along with sponsoring the translation of the Bible into English, wrote demonology and popularized witch hunts and trials in England. No conspiracy oh. there. I know my oh mind my was like blown when I like I made that connection. I made that connection. Good job. <laughs> you are an amateur historian. Um, so I don't know that much about the K- King James. Did he change parts of the Bible? So, I've, I've blocked out all of. So King James version of the Bible is like one of the most widely used across like Christian churches and Catholic and because it was the first full English translation of the Bible from like Latin. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course with translation, there's obviously room for error. Room. Like I remember there's room for translation. That saying doesn't just come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I said, if you haven't guessed yet, um, today I'll be talking about witchcraft, paganism, modern paganism, and dipping my toes into Wicca. We will be talking about the more modern version of these religions and spiritualities in the U.S. and how they're practiced today. So I'm going to say this over and over again. I was overwhelmed by my research for this episode. I don't know why I thought it was going to be such a simple topic. There is just so much information because... Each of these religions, spiritualities, ways of life are so individual to each person that practices it. No one follows a specific set of rules. No one follows a specific set of anything. It's how you interpret it and how it's your way of life. And also, every single person says something different. Yeah. It's just, it it was overwhelming. (laughs) That is really hard too. I feel like I almost felt like that with voodoo. It's like, I really wanted to do it justice, but like everything I read. So finally I just got what, like most of what I said from someone who like grew up practicing it. And that was like, right. But I feel like with all of that, yeah, with all that stuff, there's always room for interpretation. So again, like we always say, like, if you guys like hear something that you practice differently, like shoot us an email, we'd love to hear. Oh, especially, especially if you practice witchcraft or you're practicing Wiccan, I would be very interested in hearing your own journey as I am kind of starting my own journey. Yeah, me so too. Think, Wicca, right? Wicca's, Wicca's like the one, is it religion? 
Yeah, Wicca is a religion. So, okay. I will get into that, but some see it as okay. religion. Others say way of life. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the only like te- like religion that I've actually like, seriously considered, and like I I'm so interested in it. So yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. And so I was saying, there's so much information out there for witchcraft. So many podcasts, so many YouTube channels, so many Instagrams, blogs, books. Each one different individual. And like I was saying, my research has inspired me to start a little journey. And so we're going to get into some statistics, the only statistics that you'll hear during this whole episode. So witchcraft and modern paganism is on the rise. According to uh, Trinity College, the one in Connecticut study, only 8,000 Americans in 1990 identified as Wiccans, which grew to 3,342,000 Americans in 2008. So like that number like rose something crazy, like it was like 900%. Yeah, and that was yeah. in 2008. Yes, and so additionally, 140,000 Americans identified as pagans in 2001, which grew to 340,000 in 2008. Oh, it wow. is estimated that now 1.5 million people self-identify as Wiccan, witch, or pagan in the U.S., which is like a pretty large group of people. That is a big, and is pagan in the sense being referred like in conjunction with Wicca or because I know we've talked about it, like just being anyone who polytheistic. So yeah, I'll get into that too, but just like pagan, like is kind of a blanket term. Right. Like coin a lot of different religions. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of one of those. I personally, the reason why I say pagan is because I can't even begin to grasp how many different beautiful pagan religions there are out there. And just like a lot of academics, just they don't either they don't care to study or they don't go into the study of these. So, yeah, we'll we'll get into um, modern paganism as well. Okay. Um, So these spiritualities or religions are now mainstream and they are found in our Instagram feed as Mysticor on T-shirts at uh, Urban Outfitters and even Sephora try to sell a starter witch kit, which they were forced to pull from their shelves after they pissed off a bunch of witches and they didn't want to get hexed. And I was like, witch joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good one. And oh, I said, I, I do believe that we have liberal millennials to thank for this rise in witchcraft, Wicca, and pagan religions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's searching, what, yeah. searching outside organized, quote unquote, organized religion. Right. Mm-hmm. So a quick history. I was going to say, we all know a bit about witchcraft in the U.S. through the Salem Witch Trials. I will just briefly go over them in context for what we are talking about today. Yeah. So we all know about the Salem Witch Trials beginning in Salem. In 1692, the New World was experiencing a smallpox epidemic. They were in the middle of multiple wars against the British and French, attacks from the local indigenous tribes, and of course, the horrible Reverend Samuel Paris, to name a few. We all know Samuel Paris from The Crucible, right? Yeah, it's been such a long time since I read that, but he was like, wasn't he one of the leading? He was the guys? first ordained minister ever, like in in Salem. It was he was like one of the leaders of the witch? Yeah, because uh, his his daughter his daughter was one of the she, ones that started experiencing fits. That's what I thought. I wrote a paper on this in college, but it's been uh, like a hundred years since right? then. But totally, yeah. that's it's why basically. Like, I, it's, it's like the third season of Riverdale. I'm in the middle of rewatching the third season with the, I hate, I hate that season, the stupid Gargoyle King, but everyone's having 
you know, it's so stupid. Everyone's having like seizures. And so it's like basically Salem witch. Like it's like a direct rip. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, of course, the Salem residents needed a reason to explain all this misery. They found uh, scapegoats in witchy women. In Salem, 150 were accused and 18 executed. I say witchy women. Some were men, too. But even before Salem, Azel Young, I want to hope I'm saying that right. It's A-S-L-E. I'm like, Azel? I feel like that's right. Young? Yeah. Was the first. Right? But she didn't live a pretty life. Was the Uh first ever recorded instance of execution in the of witchcraft in the 13 colonies. So she was oh. the very first one to be recorded for being executed for witchcraft. She had cheese haunting somewhere over there. Right. And it happened during an influenza epidemic in 1647. So almost 50 years before the Salem witch trials in Windsor, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Right? So someone I didn't know. Right. Episode. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's interesting. We could do a mini episode. Totally. So yeah. About 46 people were accused of witchcraft and 11 people were executed in the whole state of Connecticut. And in Virginia, no one was executed, but some were accused. In a sense, in a like wave of rationality, it was actually made a crime to falsely accuse someone of witchcraft in 1655 in Lower Norfolk County. But just in that one county. Because then it became mainstream, but not for like, you know, anywhere from 50 years to a decade later. Um, I think Norfolk is, well, I was just in Virginia in February and there is a street there named Witch Duck Street. And I, I, yeah, I have to live on that street. I don't want to live in Virginia, but like whenever, whenever I buy a house, I'm going to like name my street Witch Duck. Um, do you know why they were confused or confused, uh, accused (laughs) of witchcraft? Why these women were? The, like the Azel, the first one, do you know, like during the, um, a, a woman accused her of like killing her son with the influenza epidemic. Okay. So Something her son like died that, yeah. and she was in grief and needed someone to blame. So she, someone, but it was woman. like, again, there is like, it was like 1647 in like a small town. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like, I mean, have you ever heard of Windsor, Connecticut? Cause I haven't. <laughs> No. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, there wasn't, there's like, I was trying to search up a little more information about her. So I was like, yeah, it's hard yeah. to tell. And it was yeah, like and then, 400 years ago. And then of course there are concepts of witchcraft in the native cultures in the U S but not much is known about them because they're not very interested in discussing that with outside cultures, which is okay. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there are myths of skinwalkers from the Navajo people. Which yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then witch mania seemed to die down around the mid-1700s as more laws were passed to protect people from being wrongly accused, etc. But honestly, that is where your solid information in the U.S. like involving witchcraft ends. It's like, it's so weird. It's almost like it just like falls flat off. You don't huh. see information. I looked very hard. And it's like really brief in general. And I compared it to like when you were in high school and it's like, let's spend three months on the American revolution, but then three weeks on social changes and stuff from the sixties onward. Like there was like so much on the 1600s, but there was next to nothing after the 1700s. 
I feel like it just takes a really big leap. It's like, okay, here's the revolution. Here's the civil war, civil rights, World War II. I don't know, just big things that happen. And then it's like, all right, well, here we are. Right. And then so the on a whole, it's like I was saying, it's tough to find any information about witches for the next century and a half. The classic wow. archetype of a hag with a crooked nose, warts, and a cauldron was all that really existed. Those who identified as a witch, I'm assuming they had to go underground and stay out of the mainstream. So were people like practicing like witchcraft and Wicca back then and then just... Not Wicca. Not okay. Wicca's Wicca's like a new thing, right? Fairly new, yeah. Okay, so they were practicing witchcraft back then, but back then it was like. But even then, we have to like wonder: were people practice? Even the people that were being accused of witches, they weren't necessarily witches, right? They were literally just like in in the wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so I was just trying to piece together like a little like witchy timeline. But even then, that was quite tough. But in the early 1900s, Halloween illustrators began to portray witches as smooth, young, and beautiful. And these were on postcards that were passed from women to women. They said things like, it's best beware in the witching hour in which the witches show their power, which I just like oh, loved. I know, right? I love that. I want to find some of those old ones. That sounds cool. They're so pretty. They're so pretty. And combined with women, magazines pushing for co-ed Halloween parties, which I was like, yes, because this was like in 1905. Wait, Um, is this the 20th century or the 19th century? 1905. Oh, okay. So 20th. Yeah. 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 Okay. This was seen as like a symbolistic power play because like Daniel Gifford from the National American Museum or National Museum of American History explained like this is the period of the new woman, the woman who wants to have her say, be able to work, marry who she chooses to divorce and of course be able to vote. And it's no coincidence that witches were seen and are seen as powerful and this quote unquote new woman saw herself as powerful too. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Isn't that that. cool? Yeah. Okay. And then like, honestly, there was a lot of different quote unquote cults and witchcraft and Satanism and Luciferism and all this stuff popping up in the Bay Area at this time. But it is so tough to comb through that. Like I had a really, really hard time combing through that. So I was just kind of like, you know, what? I'm going to acknowledge it and kind of like leave it there because I'm not here today to like talk about Satanism. I'm not here today to talk about Luciferism, but like we should just say, you know, like the Bay Area, just like it was like, it's no coincidence that where lesbians and like any LGBTQ people were able to be free to be themselves. So people felt free to go practice their pagan religions. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. And then, of course, we have The Crucible by Arthur Miller, which was published in 1953, right? Which was a direct allegory for McCarthyism. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't fully grasp this, but like it was, which was similar to accusations of witchcraft in the late 1600s. But instead of witches, the U.S. government was accusing people of communism and treason. But basically the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew this, but Arthur Miller himself was questioned. I I did. I think I did know that. I didn't know it like at the front of my brain, but that rings a bell when we read there. The book is really good. And then there was also the independent feminist group who went by W.I.T.C.H., 
which they either said it was like an antonym for women's international terroristy conspiracy from hell or women inspired to tell their collective history or women interested in toppling consumer holidays. <laughs> oh, I love all of those. Wait, acronym, not antonym. Thank you. I was looking for it. It's been a super long day, guys. Acronym. Thank you. It's okay. You're doing great. Um, They spread their message by carrying out witch-like publicity stunts, like they would hex Wall Street, and they would pass out garlic cloves and cards that said, we are witch, we are women, we are liberation, we are we, which I thought was just so awesome. I want to bring that back. Right? And they advocated for feminism through social change, and they saw the persecuted New England witches as the first guerrilla fighters against female oppression. That's cool. I like that. Isn't that really cool? And then, so, like, as you can see, like, this is, like, I'm pretty much just going through, like, the timeline of witchcraft in, I think, mainstream knowledge right now. And then, of course, there came Bewitched with the super cutesy Samantha. Mm -hmm. And I think it's no coincidence that along with Bewitched in the 1970s, there was a resurgence for witchcraft and modern paganism, which covens and collectives began to gather more openly. There was, that was even, like my favorite show I used to watch on Nick and Night oh, see, when I, I was a okay, kid. I, I very rarely have watched Bewitched. It's so good. Uh, I really, not, I, so, not the Nicole Kidman movie they made a couple of years ago. That was terrible. Yeah. Sorry, Nicole Kidman, I love you, but that movie was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's really good. You should watch it if you could find it. I would always yeah. go to my grandparents' house and watch it at Nick at Night because we, like, didn't have cable at my house. So I remember, like, staying up late and And that's so cute. So I could just see you, little Emily, watching be I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's where it all started. Uh, in 1973, an American Council of Witches was even created. But then, of course, because everyone thinks of witchcraft as a different thing. They all had a lot of disagreements and they disbanded, <laughs> but it was a valiant try. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> Great right. effort. Since the 80s, pagans have been gathering in outdoor festivals and indoor hotel conferences all around the country, sometimes in groups of a few, of a few thousand. And with the rise of the internet in the 90s, vast networks have also spread online, making it that much easier for someone craft curious in an area without a visible pagan presence to connect with a mentor in a chat room, said Alex Marr in her article for Cosmopolitan. Alex Marr wrote on a really, really cool book. Um, hold on. Let me just look up the name really quick because like, it recently came out, and I really think that you would like it. Alex Marr went, she says like she went undercover, but it's more so like she like immersed herself in the world of witchcraft and Wicca and modern paganism in the U.S. for five years. That's cool. And yeah, she's called Witches of America, and it came out in like 2016, and I really want to read it. Oh, yeah, right? that sounds good. Okay, we'll add it to our and, book. Uh, right? Book club. And then I'm continuing um, from her what she said. From the current American Mecca in the San Francisco Bay Area to a gathering of more than a thousand witches in the Illinois woods to the New Orleans branch of one of the world's most influential magical societies. So that just shows you what I was embarking on. Like, I was like, okay, how am I even supposed to like encompass this? I feel like you would have to like do it regionally, be like, or do it by state. (laughs) Right. Totally. Right. And I was like, magic and witchcraft spread everywhere and became mainstream. We also had the craft, charmed, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and the Harry Potter series to name a few. And of course, so many ones of Every favorite All thing. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what they said that Charmed got right? Was Everything. that baking soda is actually used in a lot of spells. Oh, really? That's like the one thing I'm they sure got right. Got a lot wrong. I said everything, but I'm sure it was actually really not accurate at all. That's cool, though. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. You and I like bonded over charm. Oh, hardcore! And like, there actually is like a. They got a lot more things right. Just they like used it for the context of their show, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, I I was kind of mad that they redid like they did the reboot. I was mad that they did it and didn't have any of the original like ladies in it, but. It, the reboot's actually not bad. I just wish that they'd like made it a different show or made them somehow related because they just it's all the same concepts. Like they have a white lighter. It's like the same concepts. Like the the youngest one falls for a demon and stuff, but they Ugh. have no re- and there's the elders. Re- exactly. I'm like redo it, but like follow a different storyline or yeah, follow a different they, yeah. Yeah, have it be their kids or something like or like related to them somehow because I know they wanted to have they're all women of color, which is really awesome. But I mean, they well, could that have, is they cool. Could have had, yeah, it's really cool. So they could have had him made it connected to the first one. I think it would be more interesting. Yeah, totally. Interesting, I agree. Yeah. Just okay. fun for fun for the viewer. Yeah. So now we're going to jump into Wicca. Again, super broad view. Just trying to like pull things together that I could so that like, you know, people could This is this is a beginner's study. This is not for someone who has studied Wicca. <laughs> yeah. So Wicca is a religion witchcraft can be viewed as a religion and it also can be viewed as not a religion but you cannot discuss discuss witchcraft without discussing wicca and you cannot discuss wicca without discussing modern paganism and like because i was saying all like like kind of adjacent they're they, like it's they all share information venn diagram yeah, like totally, they, totally. Like okay. all these different ones have Venn diagrams and they all like kind of what I like about it is they all pull from these. It seems like they just pull from religions and like kind of merge theories. I don't know. It's pretty cool. That's cool. That and cool. modern paganism is a collective term for all the contemporary pagan religions. And like I was saying, some look at each different pagan religious movement as its own religion and some academics study them as different denomination. Which I thought was really cool was that people, some people tried to revive indigenous ethnic religions, okay. while some practice religions that existed before Christianity. Okay. So this so, is, okay. This is just different pagan, like, just like, just to show you how big of a All over the point. place. All over the okay. place, right? And then just to let you know that discussing re- pagan religions is extremely complicated. People used to think like, just like witchcraft was seen as kind of a slur, the word pagan and paganism was seen as kind of a slur, but like it's a, there's movements working to take back those words, you know? It started out as like a uh, pejorative, right? Like that's what I was reading. Mm-hmm. I was looking mm-hmm. up for like, like, like anthropy, whatever, however you say. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, of course, some people still prefer the term ethnic religion and they just like being grouped under a blanket term. This I can understand. So just to like let you know of a few movements in Side modern paganism, there's the goddess movement, there's heathenry, druidry, and of course, Wicca. That's so really Wicca. Cool. I love like, all those. Yeah. And modern paganism, Thelema, Wicca, and witchcraft are all extremely complicated movements who share a lot of information. And I was saying, Satanists, <laughs> I am not leaving you out, but that is a whole nother episode on its own. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Also, okay. I'm like really interested in this and I want to be a witch with you. I know. That's I like that's why I did so hard work so hard, Emily, is to like give us information because I know I don't I, really I, don't, want I, to don't, be a witch. I after this research realized that I don't want to be a Wicca. I, I don't want to be a Wiccan. I want to be a witch. 
And they're I not want to be a witch too. They're not exclusive. Like you can be a witch that's Wiccan, but I know that I just want to be a witch. So like I was saying, each person defines what each movement means to them. And a hundred people who are Wiccan may describe it a million different ways. And the same is for witchcraft. I have so, a book in my car called The Green Witch. So we're already <gasps> Yes, we are. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so it's cool. really interesting. Yeah, it's been in my car for a while, but it's really, <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a really, really, really beautiful book too. It's like beautifully illustrated, and uh, yeah, I'm like, it's about like herbs. Yeah, I'm super into it. That's so cool because that's like that's actually a very like cool subset of witch actually, and we'll talk about yeah, it. yeah. Okay, so Wicca. Um, is a modern-day, nature-based pagan religion, and it is the largest, most well-known, most influential pagan religion. Many people don't even like to define it as an organized religion. They favor terms like spirituality or way of life, which I think is kind of cute. It's seen as as a life-affirming religion, a positive force against destruction with the freedom to act while taking responsibility. No ethical code like Christianity, which was very appealing to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Yes. I've, been, yes. I've been tried away from like religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And it has many different sects, but most, most observe like festivals of solstices and equinox. Most are duotheistic, duotheistic by honoring a mother goddess, which is... I love that. It's the triple goddess symbol, which Emily and I both adore. But we were going to get tattoos of that. Uh, we still are. You just we need are, to make too soon. Yes. We were going to get them before I moved, but right? we'll, we'll get them next time we're together. Especially like now that I fully grasp the concept of it, I like love it. Yeah. And then, so there's the mother goddess or the triple goddess, and then there's the horn god. Okay. Go ahead. Is that kind of like Sabrina with like, there's like, well, I mean, I know they see it as like Satan as the horn, but like. I, I, don't I, know. Think, I think it's just, no, I mean, like, the horned god is more so, like, uh, seen as a symbol of nature. Like, more okay. like, you know, yeah, more, like, animalistic. And, you know, the mother god's mother goddess is seen more as fertility. But, like, just letting you know, too, just to make it even more confusing, a lot of Wiccans just see these as archetypes or they worship many more uh, deities and many more gods and goddesses, or they only do like the one big one under which all are encompassed, greater number of them. Like they worship just these two, which I found. Okay. But they're, okay. it's still really cool. And like the sculptures of them are so freaking cool. Cause like a lot of Wiccans, a lot, a lot, but some Wiccans had them on their altars and they're just cool. like, they're just so beautiful. Yeah. And that was, I want to, do you have pictures? I want to look up what they look like. I'm going to look up. Yeah. What is it? The uh... um, horned god and mother goddess. Okay. And of course, most Wiccans incorporate herbalism, like you were talking about, and other natural objects into rituals. Most practice according to an ethical code, and they believe in reincarnation. And they think, some think that the time and the land that you inhabit in between reincarnations is called Summerland. Which I was like, oh, that's so nice, right? I really like that. (laughs) I would live in fall land, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Emily would. And uh, those are really cute. I just looked them up. Are they? Are they really? Yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's just it's just so visually, and I feel like the Wiccan religion really touches on all your senses, you know, in a way that's just really, it's just really appealing to me, and also the idea of like worshiping a female deity is just so freaking pleasing to me (laughs) yeah oh me too yeah like having like a goddess rather than like yeah god 
Right. Yeah. And also it does not, uh, Wicca does not necessarily center around the concept of an afterlife. You know how like in Christianity, I feel like it's not like what you do determines your afterlife. Like you got to be good so that you get to heaven. Don't be bad. You go to hell. You know what I mean? I'm generalizing, but like Wicca focuses on the present, like what you do in the present, which I thought was just so, again, so nice. <laughs> I, I agree with that though. It's like, I have a really hard time Mm-hmm. Live, like looking at like not living in the past or the future mostly past lately because we've been stuck at our house for right well you just years. you just wait for this because this is yeah this is going to even more align with like what you think i believe um like the idea of karma there is the law of threefold return so it's like whatever you do will return to you threefold so and it will like whether that means threefold in force or your mind body and spirit Oh, that's cool. So like good or bad. I always tip 30%. That used to be a <laughs> And as we know, like the pentacle is like a really important symbol. You know, it represents like nature or like the world and the body. Also, like Book of Shadows is really important to both Wiccans and witches. And it's really personal. It's supposed to be something that you write as you grow within your religion and your craft. And it's something that's supposed to be just like full of all of your learnings. And it's not necessarily just spells and incantations, but it can contain them. So cool. Right. And also as another like cool little tidbit, grimoire is like a term for texts that have to do with magic and witchcraft and Wicca. Which I think is just okay. like a really cool title. <laughs> no, I've heard of Grimoire before. Like I've yeah. heard it in like I, I watch so many witchy shows, but like I, I feel like I hear that a lot. But I feel like it's a lot of times it's like there's a negative connotation. Or at least in charms there was. I feel like in other places I've seen it, like there wasn't. Yeah. No, no, it's just like magical text almost, you know? Oh my god, I want one. I want like a really big book like they had, like right? in charmed. And also cool. Wiccans do not try to seek perfection, but rather wholeness, which okay. I thought was just so nice. Such oh, a nice, I right? Love, I love this. I'm convinced. Right? And so like, just to clarify, this is all a super major simplification. This is just trying to give people like really broad general ideas. And most importantly is the Wiccan read, like R-E-D-E. So like the Wiccan, like it's almost like the golden rule and it harm none, do what thou wilt. I've heard of that. Uh-huh. It's very common. And it's like, you, you find it in like Thalema. You'll find it in some parts of different traditions of witchcraft. So like, that's what they call like the different types of witchcraft. It's like the traditions. And then you'll also find, yeah, like it's, it's very common and it's been adopted, but I think it's just really nice. That's really cool. And so just to kind of do a little history, Wicca has its roots in Britain in the late 1800s which is like a lot more recent than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I would think you would think it would go back, but I mean, I mean, it makes sense though, because, or, or is that like just as much as it became publicized? Wicca is like, it was, cre- you'll see, it's like a, it's okay. almost like a creation of witchcraft, but they use like, wi- like, I don't know if like, I know that it's like seen as diff. it's, 
seen as part of witchcraft, but different from witchcraft. It's just, it's like I said, it's so many ideas. It's, it's a little hard to like pull them apart, you know, exactly Venn diagram. Like that was so perfect. Margaret Murray, who is so freaking cool. We need to study her more. She is an archaeologist, an anthropologist, an Egyptianologist, a feminist, a Renaissance woman who wrote about medieval religion and cults. And she defended witches as a definite religion with beliefs, ritual, and organization. In the 1800s? Yes. She she wrote about it and she defended witches. And like, that's like like, pretty bold considering like a hundred years ago, they were like burning people at the stake for like sneezing. (laughs) Right. And she wore (laughs) pants. She wore pants too. Oh, okay. She's our, let's do her next. I was laughing so hard. I was like, what would they have done if a woman queefed? That's a sneeze from the other end. <laughs> oh my god! I would, I would not. I would have been burned at the stake like years ago. Remember my first thing I ever said to you was that like, what would, what, what was it? No, 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 Emily. The first sentence she ever said to me, like ever, was like, "Have you ever like sneezed and farted at the same time?" And I like looked at her and I was like. I am never talking to this woman again. <laughs> and I didn't like you because you were too happy. And then, like, and, the then, and then our relationship got to a point where you asked me if I've ever coughed and queefed at the same time. And then I was like, I love this woman because we were friends at that point. <laughs> I asked you that? I mean, that yeah. doesn't seem very far out of the yeah. realm for me. We bonded over, uh, what were those drinks at Marche? The green Corp- ones? Corp Survivor, number two. Oh, those are so good. Oh, so good. Still my favorite oh my drink God. today, right? They're so good. Ugh. We used to be so cool. I think we're still cool. I think we're still cool, too. Now we're just going to be cool witches in our 30s. Because our frontal lobes are forming. <laughs> no, our frontal lobes are already formed. They, they form in your late 20s and early 30s. I thought they formed in your teens. No, they're forming. Oh, but they're well, yeah, being they- completely formed, like solidified. Oh, God. I was just I joking that at my 30th birthday next year, I should have my frontal lobe is formed birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, you should. <laughs> I was actually thinking that other people, I was like, I've made my share of bad decisions, but I feel like some other people should definitely have that birthday party. <laughs> uh, I don't think mine's formed yet. I, I need to wait till I'm like 40. I'm, I think I'm like 10 years behind. I'm basically <laughs> a 21 year old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, back on to Wicca. So, from her writings, British readers were inspired and started to create their own covens. And I also don't think like it was just like they're like I read about it, I'm going to become a witch. I feel like even some like witches felt free to start practicing more publicly. I'm sure that this was something that like I mean interested in, in like herbalism and mm-hmm. spirituality and like nature has probably been around for a long time. or um, midwife, midwifery or whatever it's called. Yeah. I love the name midwifery. Me too. I was like, I'm, it's not midwife. It's midwifery. Like, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, I love, I love how it's, yeah. And you kind of have to say it with a British accent, midwifery. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now is, this is kind of a bummer part because I feel like we just see Wicca as just such like this beautiful feminist religion now, but one of the most famous early Wiccans was not a woman, but a man, Gerald Gardner. He gave Wicca its name. More likely, he heard it from some. He heard it from the. A woman. Uh, 
his wife, and then he, he ran with it. And well, was like, look at this cool thing I came up with. Probably. Like, Gerald. I, probably. I call him Gigi because I'm so tired of saying his name Gerald Gardner, so we'll call him Gigi. But... <laughs> He heard it first in a coven that he was initiated into and then kind of said, I founded this name by adding an extra C. So, but Wicca with one C means wise people in Scottish English or Scots English, you know, which is an older form of English, cool. right? That's cool. Yeah. And like Wicca was for a woman and Wicca or Wick, it's just like W-I-C-C-E was for a man. So there was like different terms that like were in old English, which is just so cool. Oh, old English. I was like, uh-huh. I, I yeah. feel like that doesn't pronunciation wise make it's like sense. Wiki, but, okay. but it's like wiki, wiki. You know, like I wiki. Sure. <laughs> wiki. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> the reason why he like Wicca was, I think, really called Wicca is that it was seen as less controversial than calling it witchcraft. And then they okay, also yeah. by using this like old English name, I feel like they like drew a connection to that pre Christian past. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like, oh, that's so cool. I, right. I, that makes sense though. Considering like literally for 400 years, people were getting burned at the snake for snake. <laughs> <laughs> burned was burned and eaten by a snake at the same time. That's mean. That would have been a terrible punishment. Uh, uh, I mean, it's oh. like already pretty bad, but no, I was saying like, like for, you know, 400 years, people were being burned at the snake for witchcraft when like most people weren't even. Like, no, I didn't have anything like it'd be like with the like lycanthropy episode, people would be like in the woods near a wolf and someone would see them together and they'd be like, oh, that wolf was by Goody Caramia's house. She must be a <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I hate how they called like married women that. Oh, my gosh. What would I be as like an unmarried woman? I'm living out of what or not wedlock uh, sin. Well, I Am I like- living out of wedlock? Yeah, you are. Oh. According to them, I have, like, a bastard, so, you know. Oh, yeah. But back to a Gigi. Bastardess. A, a bastardess. A bastardess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're dead. That sounds actually really cute. That sounds really cute. That sounds like a good name for a bar, but bastardette. Oh, my God. Bastardettes. See? That's sounds, our new bar. That sounds like a great bar name. Okay. Oh, my God. We're going to Log it down, it. right? Have- or, okay. a base- or a baseball team. TM. <laughs> yeah. oh wait that could be one of our new shirt bastardettes mm-hmm. it's cute okay it's gonna be our bar tm no one steal it if you do we will know where you got it from and we will come after you <laughs> so back to Gigi. so he is considered as the father of wicca but what? i think no right 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 and like i said that is considered i think it is a narrow-minded view i think he is the founder of a type of wicca and i think he helped popularize wicca but he literally there is a type like he says i'm the father of wicca but like there is one like tradition one way of wiccan like it's called gardenian wicca but one thing is cool is like he really did popularize wicca he called it like the craft of the wise he called it witchcraft he called it witch cult But, like, again, you can see how people really begin to get confused with witches and Wicca, right? Because they're so inter. And they said in Charmed, for example, in Charmed, Wicca is synonymous with the word witchcraft, which is not always accurate. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like, they call themselves. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then also, I think a name that, like, you and I, I think it's probably, like, in the back of our minds. Like, I know a bit about Aleister Crowley. But, like, he's more so, I feel like, 
like viewed by Satanists, I feel like, as like a very important person. I only know Crowley from Supernatural. Did you ever watch Supernatural? No. Okay, well, he's he's like, uh, I, I watched up until like the third season, and I've, I've seen like episodes here and there, but there's like 47 seasons of it. But um, <laughs> he he's like demon, a devil. I think he's like the devil, but he's like Crowley is like the devil. I mean, he becomes their friend or whatever. I don't know. I mean, he's my not. Ex, a- my ex-boyfriend Ray used to watch it, so I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Crowley isn't a devil, but he is a famous English occultist who formed the religion Thelema. And like I was saying, it's way too complicated to get into, but it involves the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, magic with a K, which he started that that phrasing, magic with a K. Is he related to the Kardashians? <laughs> <laughs> he's like their great right? grandfather <laughs> the book of laws that says do what thou wilt which is very like reminiscent of the wiccan read but even cooler alistair was bisexual and sexuality plays a huge part in thelema so of course oh. he was right he was and that was like 19 early 1900s oh that's right? cool right and, of course, he was very controversial and still is. Crowley and aspects of Thelema inspired Wicca, the rise of modern paganism, some types of Satanism, and some witchcraft. Which is just so cool that, like, one person was so influential. That is really cool. Many rituals. The idea of magic, with a K. Ceremonial magic, with a K. <laughs> were all inspirational to Gigi, or a Gerald Gardner. Gigi, so, I just think of... Um... Gigi. Gigi. <laughs> what do are I think we, of? Are we, are we friends or are we friends? Oh, God. Yeah. We're basically uh, sisters. Uh, right? So, Gerald Gardner was a world traveler with interest in the occult. World travel. He traveled everywhere. It's kind of insane. He heard the word Wicca, like I was saying, from the New Forest Coven, which he was initiated into. Um, he coined the name Book of Shadows. But it is believed that he ripped it off of a Scottish children's book author. What? Gigi. I know. A female. Um, What? Right? What? And then he actually made a book of shadows for public consumption, which was later revised with the help of one of, like, another, like, pretty famous Wiccan named Doreen Valentine. And she actually thought that Aleister Crowley. Valentine. Right? She believed Aleister Crowley was too controversial and like really pulled a lot of his influence out of the Book of Shadows that was then republished to even larger mainstream audience. Nice. Gigi wrote extensively on Wicca, helped normalize it for people who practiced it. He wrote Rich, qua- rich, I can't, that's such a hard thing to say. Witchcraft today. <laughs> uh, and then he actually wrote an article for Illustrated Magazine in 1952 that showed that covens were made, made up of normal, educated people. On a bummer note, he argued that gay men and women cannot correctly work magic without a mixed sex pairing. What? He called homosexuality the curse of the goddess. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. That doesn't sound like the goddess. (laughs) I mean, no, but it's just like the curse of the goddess. Like, if only we were to be so blessed with the curse of the goddess. Like, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. It's not a curse. It's a a gift. So, But is that also saying that, like, women, by extension, cannot practice alone without the help of a man? Yeah. 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 He was a bummer. He was, like, I guess somewhat important, but he was a bummer. 
He sounds and, like a wet shoe. Dude, you, wait till you hear what he did. He combed his oh. hair into two horns. What? And then his beard into a narrow goatee. And I think he was trying to make himself look like the horned god. Wait, I've seen this guy. That guy sounds so familiar. Oh, it sounds like um, the professor uh, in Sabrina, the the evil. Yeah, but but no, but yes, like similar, but that's yeah, what, not that's him. What I pic- I mean, I don't think he did that as much, but like that's what I'm picturing when I picture mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and high that, priest, black horn thorn. Right, right. That the high priestess of something, black priest. priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the asshole. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. And then he was also quoted to be la- majorly lacking in charisma. Like people were like, "I don't know how this guy is leading a major religion." <laughs> <laughs> and then he also claimed to have a doctorate in philosophy and in literature, but these were investigated by his follower Doreen Valentine, and she kind of concluded that they were false claims. Uh, yeah. So this guy was a pretty much he was good, but he was a bummer, and he honestly made Wicca another culture in which misogyny persisted, you know. And then Alex Sanders came along. He's like the misogynistic number two and claimed to be king of the witches. And he said he was a publicity seeker who founded Alexandrian Wicca. And just letting you know today, Geraldian Wicca and Alexandrian Wicca still exist, along with many other Traditions of Wicca. He claimed to have royal ancestry and said that his mother learned a strain of witchcraft that originated in the Atlantis. What? And his origin story included Merlin. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, grasping at straws there, but okay. But he also made a film of himself and he called it The Legend of Witches. I don't like that guy. He's he's very narcissistic, but... He sounds like a wet shoe, too. His stories attracted a younger generation and he popularized Wicca as an alternative lifestyle in the 1970s. And I talk about these men because they made me truly disappointed in the origins of Wicca. They made it a religion that revolved around them and it was misogynistic. Claiming a bloodline and a heritage is a thing of the past. And I don't think it makes you stronger in your religion or a better witch. No, and I think it sounds like they're like, I mean, I, I don't think Wicca is like a cult by any means, no. but it sounds like that's what they were trying to kind of make it into, like a cult all about them. Right, yeah. I'm glad it evolved beyond that. Well, and the women who entered this religion because they were attracted by a female deity, the mother goddess, were disappointed at the misogyny and the male-ruled religion. Yeah. So, so there is actually, her name is Z Budapest, formed the Susan B. Anthony Coven. Oh, that's cool. I like Susan B. Anthony. In she was my hero when I was like 10. But that's that was a coven's name. Isn't that cool? That's a really cool coven. And name. she practiced a form of matriarchal lunar worship. She wrote the feminist Book of Shadows. Oh. And many feminist covens grew from hers, like that Dianic um, the Diana yeah. um, Wiccan, mm-hmm. which is actually Wicca, okay. which is actually pretty popular. I feel like it's kind of popular today. And then there yeah. was also Sybil Leek, who claimed to be a hereditary witch and became a celebrity who practiced astrology. She popularized Wicca and she wrote a regular column in the Ladies Home Journal. And there's a lot That's more. Cool. There's so many more women, but I just really like these two, which is why I talked about them. That's and awesome. So it just shows how Wicca 
transformed from a magic-based paganism of British heritage to a nature-based spiritual movement with environmentalism and feminism, which is what attracts me to it today. That's so cool. Many Wiccan figures are also publicly gay, and there is even covens that are based strictly, not strictly, but they're based around homosexuality, which is super cool. That is really awesome. And it is recognized as a religion in the U.S. since 1986 after incarcerated Wiccan Herbert Daniel was refused the ritual objects he needed to worship. So in jail, they're like, no, you can't have these. Jerks. But the Fourth Court of Appeals ruled that Wicca was entitled to First Amendment protection like any other religion, and he got the objects he needed. That's cool. I know, right? But unfortunately, even as recent as this, George Bush denied that it was a religion, even after this ruling. God damn it, George Bush. I know. You know, now he just paints pictures of veterans, and he's all hunky-dory. <laughs> I like I really like that uh that meme of him at the, at the like Trump's inauguration where it was like he had his like uh brain coat that had flown over his head and he looked so stupid but it was like it was like when you realize that you're not the worst president anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, funny. Sad funny. <laughs> so from there, we're going to move on to witchcraft and like I said, super brief generalization. We will probably go into this in later episodes, but I really just wanted to form a foundation for Emily and myself and our listeners about Wicca. So now we're going to move into witchcraft. Being a witch today is a positive antitype. While Wicca can be seen as a foundation for someone to view themselves as a witch in a modern way, many witches do not follow the Wiccan way of life. Like I said, just a reminder, not all witches are Wiccan and not all Wiccans may identify as a witch. Many witches feel that Wicca is a not so perfect reinventation, reinvention of witchcraft. Especially yeah, when you talk like, about Gerald Gardner and I was going to say like where, where it came from too. It's like mm-hmm. that it's like rooted in misogyny and white yeah. supremacy. And yeah. honestly, witchcraft today, again, is so hard to identify yeah, without getting into like really deep specifics because each tradition in witchcraft really has like a different code of ethics, not super different, but then, you know, they all do things a lot differently and some borrow parts of witchcraft for different pagan religions. And yeah, it's just very, it's very hard to uh, really identify it. So I'm just going to give a like, a general overview. So people who identify as a witch or follow slash use witchcraft today can be pagan, Wiccan, or they can practice brujeria or ceremonial magic. They can practice in a coven or solitarily. You can also identify as a druid, a magi or mage, wizard, priest, priestess, or even an elder of the craft, but you are still a witch. Oh, okay. Also, some really don't like the term warlock because warlock means oathbreaker in Scottish. I was gonna say warlock. I feel like I feel like it's 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 really yeah, it's hit or miss. Either warlocks are evil, like in Charmed, or like in like Harry Potter, right? Warlock or no Mm -hmm. wizard. But there's a lot of things where they're called warlocks, where it's like the male version of witch. But then I feel like to me, warlock has a negative connotation, right? And actually, so men in the craft and in witchcraft call themselves witch too. Okay. Yeah. Which I feel like is just like a really cool thing, like a feminist thing for men to do. I I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. 
So identifying as a witch today can make people feel powerful, especially women, while linking themselves to women persecuted in the early witch trials, which are called the burning times. But being a witch can separate you from the different forms of religious witchcraft. So people can say, I'm a witch, but I don't practice religious witchcraft. Or some people can say, I follow the religion of witchcraft. Like it's, like I said, it's just so confusing. <laughs> I feel like I would, I would go with like the first, like I would identify more as the first one. Mm-hmm. And also it's important to acknowledge that not all witches come from white Celtic religions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also being a witch takes so much work and practice and knowledge and lots of reading and a lot of self-discovery. And then you must use that knowledge with magic in harmony with the universe and nature. Again, make sure that is magic with a K, not a C, because magic with a C is magic for amusement and magic with a K is for intention. <laughs> oh, okay. I think when I was reading the voodoo book, it mm-hmm. was magic with a K. And I, I've always thought that magic with a K is cool. It's like magic. But mm-hmm. like, I never knew. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And also like people further, like, so like Lori Cabot, who I'll talk about later, actually spells her magic with a J-I-C-K, like magic, like, like you're saying, to further define her magic in the Cabot tradition away from magic with a K. So it's like, like I said, so many, like you never stop learning. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that a lot. And so some of the most common witch subsets out there are Kitchen Witch, Hedge Witch, Green Witch, Sea Witch, Elemental Witch, and Eclectic Witch. And now for our listeners, Emily is going to take, this is not a legit quiz, but it was fun and I took it and I'll tell Emily what I got afterwards. So she's okay. going to take the the magic quiz. So... How are you most likely to spend your free time? Baking, going for a walk, making a wish list, reading a book, or meeting up with some friends? Uh, I don't know. Where's watching baking? CW shows in that? I guess baking. Yeah, cooking. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought you would. <laughs> that's not one of them. I mean, I can't bake, but I could. I cook. Uh, yeah, cooking. That's, that's, I mm-hmm. think that's like saying like the same. Yeah. Okay. And harm ye none, do what thou wilt. Should magic be ever used to cause harm? One, absolutely not. Free will is our right. Two, in the magical spectrum, no harm must be dealt. The goddess has decreed it so. Three, well, not intentionally. You can't see the bug before it splatters on your windshield. Four, sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make a good omelet. Five, if it is, they had it coming. Oh, my God. There was like four yeses and one no. Um, well, sometimes sometimes you got to break a few eggs. So it's like sometimes you can, not intentionally you can, or if you did, they had it coming um, or, or absolutely not. I don't know. I don't know that much about it. I, I no, but say, it's, just, it's just like, how do you feel about it? Do you think black, um, like harm should be done? No, I don't think so. I don't so, think I would like, use it for harm. Like not, not absolutely, but like in the magical spectrum, no harm must be dealt. Probably like not the like, yeah. no, but just the kind of no. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What does your ideal night out look like? One, rocking at a concert. Two, having a nice at dinner at a nice restaurant. Three, attending a meditation class. Four, going camping. Or five, learning a new skill. Um, dinner. Also, can we take a camping trip next year? Yep. Okay. That sounds fun. Given a paper we're all, cup. We're doing it every year. I decided. 
We have to. Just something. Given a paper cup, plastic knife, and a packet of salt, could you work magic anywhere? One, no. Magical regalia has to be consecrated items crafted and attuned to me alone. Two, in a pinch, I guess, but I wouldn't be comfortable with it. Three, sure, why not? The magic is in the witch, not material objects. Four, heck, I don't even need those. (laughs) Four. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so what's your idea of a perfect date? One, a picnic. Two, stargazing. Three, a simple meal at home, just the two of us. Four, enrolling in a workshop together. Or five, a double date with my bestie. It don't feel obligated either. to say me. Don't feel obligated. I, I didn't <laughs> no, know I was, you. Well, I was, I was going to say stargazing. Yeah, do that. Okay, cute. But also, but also, I was like, that would be ideal if we lived close together, could do a double date. That would be so much fun. Right. So what elemental do you feel most connected to? So like the moon, fire, water, or like, you know, greenery. I don't know. I feel really connected to all of them. The sky like, shows like this beautiful picture of the full moon. The greenery the showing moon. herbs. The moon. Okay. I'm just so curious to see if you got what I got. <laughs> I don't know. It might. I knew what I would get before I got it because I just knew it's like something that I resonate probably the most with. Okay. So what's your dream job? One, being a spiritual healer. Two, working at an animal rescue center. Three, anything that lets me work from home. Four, an actor, a singer, or five, a chef? I think all of those. Um, I think spiritual healer or working with animals. Which one? I think spiritual uh, spiritual healer. Animals? No, spiritual Spiritual healer, healer. Okay. Since I'm going in a nurse. Yeah, okay. So your book of shadows is bound and ritually cleansed goat hide, penned by hand and consecrated handmade inks on organic vellum pages. Two, a journal I made myself like a scrapbook I could certainly use to tidy it up, though. Several three-ring binders of printed notes and pages I've been collecting for years. Four, isn't there an app for that? I'd certainly be a lot easier on my tablet. Uh, Definitely the first one. Okay, question nine. If anyone deserves a vacation, it's you. Which getaway would you love to escape to? One, working with directly with communities that need charity. Two, a spiritually cleansing getaway in India. Three, an action-filled extreme sports destination. Four, a wine-tasting week in France. Five, a yoga retreat. The wine. (laughs) The wine one in France. Yeah. You're a dummy if you don't pick that one. (laughs) If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I don't know. Cheese is is an option and it's that one. It is. It is one of the four options. You didn't even let me read that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. What (laughs) are the other ones? Pepperoni, sausage, and mushroom. Those are the other three? Yeah. What? Do they want? I don't think. I I know. I know. But I think it determines things. Okay. What scares you the most? Death, creepy crawly bugs, darkness, loneliness, not living up to expectations. It's like all. (laughs) Yeah. All of the above. I guess creepy crawly bugs. Out of all of those? I don't know. I feel like they're all, I just, I'm saying that one now because I found two poisonous spiders in my room last night. And now I'm like scared that they're on me. That's okay. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, 4th of July. Halloween. They don't have it because I think it's supposed to be like everyone would pick Halloween. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Said last question. How would you rate this quiz? I loved it. It was pretty okay. Not great. (laughs) I put it's pretty okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Okay, let's see. I'm so curious what what kind you got because you answer things different than me. Well, yeah. It's determining results. It says, hold tight, working our magic just like us. 
Okay, is that a new Detroit shirt? It said, oh! No, I've had it for a long time. You had it different than me. You're a hedge witch. What's a hedge witch? It says, hedge as a hedge witch, you prefer to use your magic to heal others, particularly using anything found in nature. Plants, herbs, berries, leaves, anything found in the wild, you can make a potion from it. That's so you. You're oh, also cool. the one most, most people turn to when they need advice, and you're always willing to help. Oh, that is me. Yeah. I, I, I was a kitchen witch. You are a kitchen witch. Just like someone who's like, yeah, it's like, it's cute. So I like was watching a lot of really awesome YouTubes and they were saying it's okay to find a type of witchcraft that you're drawn to. And it's okay to like, if you're drawn to a label, like study under that label, but it's really important not to label yourself when you're beginning because, you know, you may feel like forced to study only the things underneath that label. There was this um, one and I actually highly suggest everyone going to watch her. She's called The Green Witch on YouTube. And I actually really, really enjoyed her. And her stuff is so calming. And she's got like a beautiful backdrop every time. And she says something so cute. She said, witchcraft is ever evolving. And so will you. So oh, don't, I don't, like that. don't label yourself so quick, right? I thought it was cute too. Oh, I love that. So on to other parts of witchcraft. Magic is practiced in Wicca, witchcraft, and many other religions, ways of life, spiritualities. Witches Magic with a K. Yes. Witches believed that is it is a misunderstood law of nature, disregarded by contemporary science. They believe it is not supernatural, but natural. They don't believe it is white or black magic, but ma- rather magic that aligns with the universe. You know, so it's like I don't want to say balancing out the universe, but it's like, you know, if you're the you're not in balance with your universe, your magic's not going to come out the way you want it to. Right. And some see it as having complete control of your senses, which I think is like, you know, what yoga and a lot of other things try mm-hmm. to do. If you use your magic with the intent to harm, expect the law of threefold return. Some see spells as similar to prayer, but with more focus. Which I thought was actually really kind of a cute idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And as Lori Cabot says, the process of making a spell allows the individual to truly focus on what needs to happen for themselves, others, for the good of, of it all. It is part of our science, and it should be understood as a way to assist concentration by bringing a number of elements together in line with an intent. I honestly just feel like it's like a super strong form of meditation. Yeah, that makes sense. You're like yep. really in, in touch with other things and yeah. Yeah. And so any natural place can be a place to worship, which is can gather in a circle, which could be under the moon to perform rituals. They can use wand to help focus their energy. And some practice magic with a K, sky clad nude. But that's a really cute way to say nude. To help shed, yeah, to help shed the material world. I was like, uh, so every time I went skinny dipping when I was young, I was sky clad. <laughs> I feel like I'm always sky clad nowadays. <laughs> and also like, you know, especially today and even like, you know, witchcraft is really associated with the second wave of feminism. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use witchcraft in line with their sexuality or to help discover their sexuality. So like witches, a lot of them can be polyamorous and a lot of them can have traditional nuclear families. It's like all over the spectrum. That's awesome. It's yeah, just open to everyone. I really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for many, witchcraft is tapping into a part of themselves that they forgot or they didn't know was there. And like 
it is like the idea too, that like every person has natural gifts. You just don't know that they're there yet, which I think makes everyone feel really special. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And also the internet is to thank for the rising number of witches Some old school pagans might believe that the only way to become a witch was to be initiated by a high priestess or priest into a coven. But now solitary witches can have mentors online. Covens can spread through, like they they might be spread over many states. They don't just have to be in one area. Okay. And then. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then also you can buy spells on Etsy which not surprisingly is very controversial. Many witches on Etsy's do have a reputation based on trust, but you, some people sell hexes and curses and extreme black magic. Oh yeah, you don't want that. I inquired after hiring a professional spellcaster. Yeah. On spellmagic.com, but I couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say it was like $400? So these spellcasters claim to have a 99% success rate. I also believe that there was a lot of appropriation going on because, like, there was, like, some white chicks calling themselves shamans, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they specialize in voodoo love spells, and I'm like, I don't really know. Should you be practicing voodoo if you're white, you know? Yeah. Well, and or just just not familiar with... Right, you're not... there There are actually a lot of, like, white people who practice white... Or who are white who practice voodoo, but like even in voodoo pictures I was looking at. But I also think that being in, you know, Creole New if Orleans. You're, if you're from Canada and you're white, how much do you really know about voodoo? Probably not that much. Right, right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they specialize in voodoo love spells and money spells. And a voodoo love binding spell costs $285. I also feel like you shouldn't be... Well, no, you know, but doesn't love spell like and any magic or any like any magic. It's like love spells are like the one thing that you don't do. Well, and also right? they have a love obsession spell, which comes with a warning. I don't. And it costs four hundred and seventy five dollars. Why would you want a love obsession spell? I mean, like you just want my space. <laughs> yeah. Want- no, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> And they all manifest within a few weeks' time. Many people argue whether it's ethical to spell spiritual gifts. I don't think so. Right? Unless it's like psychic readings. But again, if that's what you do and that's your way to make money. But is it just like you buy it and then they perform the spell on their own and you just wait for something to happen? Or like... So people have said, if you believe a spell will work, it will work. Yeah, it's like manifesting it. Right. And like, that's how a lot of people say is that magic is all about like just intention and like manifesting what like they say, like, if you look for magic, you can find it in our everyday, which is kind of cool. It's like putting it out to the universe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And my favorite thing was like, I listened to so many podcasts and there was this one where oh, I can't even remember the name. Cause like I said, I just like listened to so many, they blended together and I believe it was the Satanist podcast and they were, they had a witch in with them in their little round talk to kind of discuss like the differences between Satanism and witchcraft. And she said that people were sometimes scared that she was going to hex them. And she said, don't make me hex you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny, you know. I really like, like that. 
But again, if you hex someone, you have to do it with intention because of the law of threefold return. All right. Mm-hmm. And like there's tons of websites like Bradley, which is part of Vice, that has regular witch news about local covens, pagan festivals, guides to celebrating the fall equinox. You can look online and find the nearest coven to you in all different types of like pagan religions. But the Hood Witch... And she's really prevalent on Instagram. And the Green Witch, who's really prevalent on YouTube, have been my favorite to follow while taking on my own journey into witchcraft. They make it like so personal and self-healing. And I was saying I like thinking of witchcraft and spells as intention and manifestation, like you were saying. I really like that. Like, I feel like Matt's been like pressuring me, not pressuring, but encouraging me, (laughs) I guess (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the right word. Encouraging me um, to like do some self healing and self exploration, and it's like always like, oh, it's it's. I have to find my way to do it because like all the things that like he does that help him are great, but like they're not necessarily stuff that I can do to help. And me. they're not. Yeah, and also, witchcraft is all about accumulating knowledge and very practical things in knowledge, and I and, love it. And like, and I'm I, all about candles. And, like, I'm all about, like, the goddess way of life. I do, too. Okay. I'm right. You convinced me. This is right. We're going to do it. So, on to Lori Cabot, who is one of the most famous witches in the U.S. and a personal favorite. She's an American witchcraft high priestess. She was born in 1933 as Mercedes Elizabeth Kiersey in Oklahoma, but she grew up in Cali and then okay. came to New England as a teen. But listening to some of the many podcasts she is featured on, Lori said that she was recognized by a fellow witch by having talent, like when she was really young. Like I'm talking like ages three to five-ish. And she was schooled in the tradition. She furthered her interest in the occult, which a lot of people don't, but, you know, witchcraft, by reading everything in the Boston Public Library. She identifies as a witch, not a Wiccan, because she said she was practicing witchcraft before Wicca became popular. Seems a little snarky, but I loved it. I love it. She identifies as a witch in the Cabot tradition. She worked as a dancer in a Boston nightclub called the Latin Quarter, which was owned by Barbara Walters' father. What? Okay. (laughs) She married and divorced twice with a daughter from each. She ended up raising them as witches. Lori views witchcraft as an art and a science religion, which is kind of pretty and cool. I love that. Right? And then she began wearing black robes every day so that fellow witches could reach out to her. She believes that black is not malevolent like most witches and Wiccans. She said that putting on black gives her peace of mind and a magical surge. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. Right? That could have been me. I almost went to Boston. (laughs) Right. And she said, we wear our robes and capes openly, not to be photographed or noticed, but to honor our religious way of life. And that's a quote from her book called Being a Witch in Salem, because that is where she made her home. Oh, I love that. I want to go to Salem. Right. She opened her first witch shop with a double P-E in Salem which she made her home in 1971, which became a tourist destination thanks to Bewitched filming some episodes in Salem. Her third and final store, the official witch shop, closed its doors in 2001, but she still sells items at Enchanted on Pickering Wharf, which is still open today with items online. And you can book a psychic reading with her, but her tarot, yeah, yeah. Her tarot classes and witchcraft one and two classes are sold out for the foreseeable future. 
Oh my god. Well, also like no one's meeting in public right? anyway. I think but, yeah. they're online. Oh, okay. That's but, cool. Right? And you can purchase one of her potions for $18. My favorite, because I thought this would be your favorite, it's called My Familiar. And it's a potion you can use to attract an animal to aid in your magical workings or daily life. Oh my god. I'm going to start throwing that on Salem so he stops sleeping with Matt every night and he starts sleeping with me. He like he's betrayed me. He's gone to him. He now sleeps on his lap every night. And last night I tried to get Salem, Salem to sleep under the covers with me, and he just went under the covers, stretched out for like a hot minute, and then walked up and then laid back down on Matt and then just stared at me like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> douse you with the my familiar potion. I'm gonna bathe you in the my familiar <laughs> potion. <laughs> and then she also sells like a lot of like ritualistic objects that are really beautiful like chalices but she also sells really beautiful spell kits that are really reasonably priced but my favorite was the midnight sex spell kit oh my god i love that there was no there was no explanation because i think they were like uh if you don't get it you don't deserve to use it yeah Um, okay i want that (laughs) and about her home she said that uh salem has a spirit like no other city in America. She said witches there today are the exact opposite of the definition given to witches back in like, you know, the late 1600s, Mm -hmm. which I think is just really cool. I think she's just like, you know, kind of claiming back that name. I want to go to, I want to like live in Salem. Right. Yeah. But not to go there during October because it's going to be filled with tourists. No. But in the mid 1970s, she received the Patriot Award from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. From Governor Dukakis. And it said, I proclaim Lori Cabot, the official witch of Salem, for her work with children with special needs. So she is the official witch of Salem. I love that. And in 1968, after the release of the film version of The Witches of Eastwick, John Updike's novel about single suburban women venturing into the world. No, I'm going to watch watch it out. The show? No. The show is so good. I was so mad they canceled That's what I said. it. I was, so- just, I was just like flooded. I made, made a whole list of things I have to watch. Watch that one first because that's my f- future daughter's name is going to be named Freya. It's so good. Oh, where is it on? I want to rewatch it. I don't know. I'm going to look for it. It's, it's so good. I've I watched read the book. It, like, oh, I haven't read the book, but I've, I've seen, I feel like there's like several, but yeah, the one that came out like five years ago is so good and it only had two seasons, but it's. It's so good. Because of this, Cabot established the Witches League for Public Awareness. Oh, I like it. <laughs> to counteract the negative portrayal of her way of life in mainstream culture and media. I think Madshin Amick is in it. I have to look it up because now I can't mm-hmm. think. But keep going. I just have to but look it up. But she said, here are three women who have nothing better to do because they are so frustrated sexually than to get involved with witchcraft. They are not witches. If anything, they are weakened Satanists. They don't do Wait. one witchy thing in the whole film. That's what she said about the, in it? the original film version in 1968. Oh, and Daryl Hannah, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh-huh. Cher? Uh-huh, Cher How have I it. not seen this? No, I know. To, no, not 1987. New. No. Okay. Oh, that's... Oh, no, it's not the Witches of East... It's the Witches of East End that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's it. Oh, there's Eastwick. Oh, I've watched that too with Rebecca Romlin. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. No, The Witches of East End is the one that I like, I'm obsessed with. It is Matchinamic. Okay, Witches of East End is the one I'm thinking of. That one's really okay. good. Okay. Um, oh, Jenna Dewan. Yeah, a ton of people. It's like all these people that I know now, but I didn't know. 
Um, cool. Gretchen Amick is in Riverdale. She's Betty mo- Betty's mom. Oh, yes. I love her. She's in yeah. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. There we go. I was like, what's that one? Movie? Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's like in everything that's cool. I love her. And I think I'm going to name my firstborn daughter Madchen. I know. (laughs) So Lori Cabot. So not only has she done all this cool stuff, she has written five books. And she has taught many classes at universities and colleges, including Harvard. Her book of shadows is extremely popular. Like you can buy her book of shadows. But for a very high price, she makes books of shadows. So you can buy the Book of Shadows. You can buy it signed in a hardcover and a softcover from her. Or you can order your own Book of Shadow. And what's cool, because like everything she says, everything you hear about making your own Book of Shadows, she is such a firm believer in that you must stain the pages of your own Book of Shadows with tea leaves in order to create it. Yeah, because the tea leaves, like it looks so cool like that. (laughs) And she's even helped the police solve cases. What? Yes. As well as founding the Witch's Ball, which hasn't gone on for many years now. But yeah. I want to go to it. She's been practicing witchcraft for 70 years. She's old. Older. Yeah. But still looks really, really cool. I want to look her She's up. got like a facial <laughs> tattoo and stuff. Yeah. She's pretty cool. What? I had. I have no idea what she... Lori with an I-E. Oh! I swear to God I've seen her. Yeah, you probably have. She looks so cool. Oh no! This one picture, she looks like Marilyn Mon- or Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn uh, or Meryl Streep. Yeah, she looks like Meryl Streep in this one. That picture. first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her. She looks awesome, right? And not only is she just super cool, but her Twitter is really cute. Like she gives, she like will put like a couple of tips, like today you must wear yellow, and create a savings account and do this and it's like three really cute things and she does it all the time and people said really that cute. they're really fun to follow and a lot of people say like she must have something because people are like saying that if you follow her steps they really fall in line with what you know even stuff is like wear pink today so she really believes in like colors to like That's really cool. I, I, right? I just I don't know. I think I thought it was so cool. On her website, you can read the Cabot Code of Ethics, which I think was really cool because like you couldn't find like a ton of really public code of ethics. From one, we abide by the threefold law of return and harm none, do what ye will, to number 13. We do not charge money for taking healing cases, but oh. may charge for any type of psychic consulting to the public as a reader like a tarot reader, which I thought yeah. was really cool and admirable. I really like that. Yeah, so everyone go look up Lori Cabot. Everyone go look. I'm just telling you right now, as much as I loved a lot of those witch podcasts, I never got any specific answers out of any of them. So if you just want some really good roundtable talk and listening, that's what you should really do. But they're, yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah and like I've- maybe go to like a, but even the historical podcasts, they're really lacking on witchcraft in like the 1900s. Yeah. You know, early 1900s, 1800s, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to definitely delve into more San Franciscan religions, like the pagan religions found there. Mm -hmm. And then we could take a trip to San Francisco. (sighs) Yes, please. Eventually when we're allowed. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I have on witchcraft. I thought that I hope everyone's like really like learned something and I hope I've kind of inspired some people to like, Maybe, like, look into witchcraft as kind of a nice alternative to other religions because, you know, I've I've had a very troubling relationship with religion, especially one that was not 
I didn't get to choose when I was younger. Right. So, yeah. So witchcraft definitely has appealed to me. And I have a very close personal friend who is very in tune with like her crystals and her smudging and her tarot cards. And so she's, she's really already- good at it. If I know who you're talking about. We're right talking here. about Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, she's yeah, so good so, at it. So, yeah, so it's been fun. But for, before I forget, I'm going to quote all my sources. There's a lot of them. Okay. Okay. The U.S. witch population has seen an astronomical rise on quartz by Sangeeta, Singh Kurtz, and Dan Koff. History of Witches by History.com. Women of the early 1900s rallied behind beautiful wartless witches by Megan Gambino for the <laughs> Smithsonian Mag. A Brief History of Witches in America by Sulanga Mizra from Mental Floss. LoriCabot.com. Never Things You Knew About Real Life Witches by Alex Marr. And of course, a, like I listened to um, a lot, a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of podcasts or episodes but it was like I was just more so getting general ideas from them rather right, you didn't than get anything concrete. Yeah. 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 So it's That's really awesome. easy to find your own path. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel very like invigorated to go look more into it because like I really feel like I've been, especially during quarantine and like having moved out of Seattle where I've been for the last 13 years, I feel like I've been really struggling to like find myself again. And like, mm-hmm. I really, I, Oh, and I, I love this stuff so much. It like, it feels so homey to me. Like, well, I'm glad. I hope, I hope that you got something from it. I got a lot from this. This was so good. Awesome. I was just thinking about when you, you have to come, when you come visit eventually, there's like this amazing witchy tattoo parlor. And actually, the lady just left and started her own. She's like super booked out, but like we could book her and get tattoos and then like go down to Boulder. And then there's like, I, I've got my first crystal at this one shop in Boulder. Like there's, yeah, it's like, so Boulder is like the perfect place for it. That's awesome. I'm so there. I know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's do our, um, quick little happy harlot moments. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. go. Me go. Okay. My happy harlot is that it's snowing. <laughs> um i love the snow more than anything i miss seattle a lot this summer um i didn't miss it as much in the winter just because like one i wasn't stuck at home i didn't miss the rain that much this winter and also i have the snow and i love the snow more than anything so just like having it being snowing outside even though it's september 8th and it was 100 degrees yesterday like it i i know it's global warming and it shouldn't happen but just like watching it snow and like we got all this food at trader joe's that's cozy and i'm making white, white bean chili, chili. i am i'm making white bean chili and i matt and i are gonna watch a, a halloween movie or something. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to make it super amazing. cozy. Yeah. And that's just my, yeah. Well, my happy harlot is I spent this weekend around the campfire with my husband's Filipino relatives drinking from a huge bottle of Hennessy while they told me ghost stories that creeped me out seriously. So oh, yeah. So much new material. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds so interesting. Uh, All right, guys. Well, Thank you for listening to our podcast, Harlots of History. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Come see how cute we are on Instagram at Harlots of History. If you enjoy us like we enjoy you, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously. We release new episodes every Monday and salacious minisodes every Thursday to help you get through your week. Next week, we will be talking about lycanthropy or 
lycanthropy. I still don't know how to say it. <laughs> so if you want to know what the hell that is, you have to tune in next week. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did one. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, this is Emily. And this is Kara Mia taking back the word harlot. One episode at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye. Bye.